Welcome back, everybody, for the Everybody Counts podcast. We're here to break down season seven, episode three, and share an interview with you guys. Our setup's a little different this week. Jay got pulled away to do some surveillance on Captain Cooper because, you know, he can't stand that guy. So pinch hitting for Jay tonight is Mr. Bosch Trivia, Mike Martini. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me, everybody. He's, he's filling Count. in for Jay, and I, I love it. It's going to be fresh and a different perspective, and he might not antagonize me as much as Jay. So, you know. I'll try my be... best to not to, but I make no promises at this time. <laughs> of course. Well, we're going to get into the episode, and as we always mention, the episode discussion portion, we try to keep spoiler-free. But then we have a debrief interview at the end of the podcast. This week is with Henrik Bastin. So we had the opportunity to get lots of great information from him. And it is not spoiler free. So if you've not seen the whole season or don't want any heads up on anything, then I would wait on listening uh, to the interview. But I would encourage you to listen to it at some point because it's a lot of fun. Uh, It was a lot of fun talking to Henrik and he has a lot of good things to share. So we're excited to share that with you all. So we're going to go through our case review, talk about the episode, the the main events that happened. Then we'll look at our interrogation room. We'll have some questions for each other. Persons of interest, where we'll highlight some different characters from the episode that we thought were pivotal this episode. And then we will look at our evidence locker, see what kind of clues or evidence we uncovered in episode three. And then we have our tip line for anyone who wanted to write in and share any comments on the episode. And finally, trivia. And I think we're going to mix the trivia up a little bit this week since we have Officer Pete and Boss Trivia Guy on the podcast. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'll I'll explain the breakdown real quick. There's amateur kid trivia and there's (laughs) professional trivia by Mike. Okay, so just enjoy the show, folks. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's the oh, now, now you're putting me on the spot, Pete. Thank you. <laughs> you you've earned the reputation, but for sure. You. So, so n- no doubts there. All right. Well, let's kick off with our case review. We see early on in the episode that Alvarez is in his cell and his cellmate that showed his tattoos last week is in his face, like kind of literally in his face when he wakes up and he's just visibly shaken by that. And he starts grilling him on who, whose idea was to start the fire. Who do you report to? Who did this? And he won't talk. He won't give anybody up. He mentions La Mayarista's name, but then he says he doesn't work for her. So, he, you know, he says a few things, but all in all, doesn't really tell the guy anything. And we got a little bit of insight from our friend Oso, who wrote episode two, that this cellmate is named, Cheche, and he's an informant with the gang unit. So when we see him later in the episode coming through with Bosch and Jerry and Collins, he just explains, you know, he tried, but he wouldn't give up anything. So he's not talking. So since we mentioned La Mayorista, let's talk about her in this episode. We see her quite a bit. So Alvarez is not talking. So let's take a crack at La Mayorista. They get a search warrant. And Jerry and Harry and some other police cars converge upon her when she's getting into her vehicle and say, we've got a warrant. We need to talk to you. And Harry tells her, you know, basically we can do this the easy way or the hard way. So they, they, instead of doing it the hard way, she's somewhat cooperative. She hands her pocketbook over to officer Hunter. I believe it is who looks through and finds a gun, but she says, that's legal. You know, I've got a license. That's there's nothing wrong there. They head up to the apartment. A couple of the officers and Harry are clearing the apartment while Jerry 
stays with La Marista in the hallway. And he's supposed to be keeping an eye on her. You know, that's his job. So they're clearing the apartment. A fun little nod to other, another episode comes up where Bosch talks about he's taking the befores. And we know that was a big issue in season five with the before and after photos. In Preston Borders' apartment. We talked, I think last week brought up with Irving destroying one of the pictures. So that's, that's really important that they have a record of what things look like before and then after. So I thought that was a cool nod back to a prior season that Harry was snapping the before photos. But he goes through some drawers and he finds another gun and some drugs. So they've got some stuff on her, even though she claims it's not hers, they have enough to take her in. So they come outside of the apartment and somebody, uh, Mike, would you talk about how, how well Jerry was doing his job out in the hall? Yeah, he wasn't doing a very good job at all. He was checking his phone, uh, either texting somebody or, or replying to somebody some way. And yeah. the, there was a neighbor there talking to Gladys Rodriguez mm-hmm. in Spanish. And apparently Edgar doesn't speak Spanish very well. So he mm-hmm. had no idea what they were saying. Right. And you can just see the frustration on Bosch's face when he sees this. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Not a fun moment for uh, Edgar. <laughs> Do you want to jump in there, Pete? Because you're the expert on all things Harry Jerry confrontational. So it's it starts a it's it, this has been continuing the whole time in this in the season so far and i'm getting really nervous because we're almost at the halfway point and you know jerry hasn't gotten his act together obviously you know you, you, you see specks of it but it's not there mm-hmm. so i'm wondering how, how you know how bad is going to get before you know and how how bad how bad can it actually get at the end of the yeah. day harry questions him and you know he gives him these answers that are just hilarious he's like you know, so any idea what they were talking about? And he's like, it's Spanish. And Harry's like, I understand that Spanish, but you sh- that if you knew that they that you couldn't hear them, you know, you didn't do your job. You're on the you phone. You shouldn't let them be talking. Right. Yeah. Unprofessional. There's a point in the episode when, you know, he tells him, get your head in the game. So, you know, there's a lot of things going on. And I'll bring this up now, actually, because I was going to save this for later in okay. my mind. So I always talk about how, like, Harry and, you know, J. Edgar are like family and we discussed the difference of like father son compared to brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I don't think Harry, I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, is, is this going to, is there going to be a scene coming up in one of these episodes where like they really get at it and say the wrong thing to each other and maybe mm-hmm. even throw, throw some punches at each other, you know, because I can't see like, you know, Harry leaving J. Edgar out, like, you know, their family. He right. needs him close, but, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he rings his bell once for something or <laughs> or maybe Jagger goes after him and Harry has to defend himself and they understand what's going on afterwards. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad yeah. enemy fight, but like a brother love fight. The point is, is like, you know, things like this, how bad does it get before, like, you know, something bad happens? And if so, does it lead to, you know, some sort of fisticuffs? Oh, between, okay. You know, Jerry and Harry. And that scares me. Yeah. So, that, yeah. That, is, that, is, that idea is scary. But you I, I mean, I'm like you. I do feel it's starting to is it going to boil over? Because it just they keep having this confrontation for, about Jerry not pulling his well, weight. Not not to jump too far into the episode because we'll get there. But mm-hmm. like we all know that Harry calls him out later on in the episode in front of everybody. And then, yeah. you know, Jerry says, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. So what happens if Harry does it again? He's going to do it. Yeah. He's not going to do it. So then what happens if Jerry goes outside and says, you know what? You know, I'm tired of you. You know, Bob, I'm I'm just, you know, fantasy. Yeah. Like, you know, just thinking <laughs> I, I think. The box. Historically, we've always, I think all of us have been uncomfortable when the dynamic is not great between Jerry and Harry. You know, we always want them to be the best of partners. So, yeah, I mean, 
no matter who's pulling their weight, not pulling their weight, doing something suspicious or, or, or the other person, we don't like it when they're not a hundred percent. So yeah, it's uncomfortable and it just keeps happening every episode. Wow. Yeah. So he comes out and Jerry, you know, says he was like texting Latanya about the kids or something, you know, he comes up with some excuse, but as they're riding in the car, I think it's when they're in their car, Harry says, you know, what do you think she was talking? They were talking about, she could have been, you know, getting her to call her lawyer, you know, which is <laughs> a pretty big deal as they're, you know, bringing her back to the station. And like you mentioned, Pete, it's time for the interrogation. Mm-hmm. And Harry takes Vega in instead. Yeah, she speaks Spanish. She's a woman. That might be helpful. But it's also like a punishment, don't you think, to Jerry? Um, moving him out? There was a point where, like, okay, you're bringing Vega in because he speaks Spanish. Okay, fair mm-hmm. enough. So three of you will be involved in this room. When he says, Jerry, why don't you sit sit this one out for a second? Uh-huh. That's when I was like, okay, now Bosch is, like, scolding him in front of the in front of the class. Yeah. Well, I think he was, and, and Jerry was upset about that later. You're absolutely correct. You know, yeah. How far do you take it? You know, that's saying something to him himself is one thing, but in front of all those people, you know, is a different level. Jerry didn't take it too well, throwing his care into his desk too. No, no. Throwing uh-huh. his care into the desk aggressively. That's right. There's a little <laughs> physicality right there. Yeah. Well, they do have the interrogation and I mean, it's serious, obviously, but it was also, I mean, there's there's some comedy there with the way Mm -hmm. that Gladys responds, you know, she's just playing this role of innocence, you know, and just some of the things she comes back with, you know, about the cat, you know, Oh yes, I didn't see the cat. I was worried sick, you know, like everything Bosch says to her, she's got some sort of comeback. And then when she acts like she doesn't know Spanish, but then of course she, she answers replies back to, to Vega, but sure enough, the lawyer comes in. So, but with that gun, and the drugs, there's enough suspicion that they can keep her, they can put her in holding. So they do send her off to Van Nuys, I believe it is. But go ahead, Pete, what do you have to say? At that moment in the show, in the episode, is when her lawyer comes in. I've, I've watched this show enough to know that these um, hotshot, you know, drug dealers or these hotshot, you know, criminals, they have these lawyers that come in and they get them no jail time. They, they mm-hmm. get them bail. When her lawyer came in and did nothing... I was like, uh-oh, maybe she doesn't have her stuff figured out the way that, you know, it was implied, to me at least, because her lawyer looked look lost. Her lawyer yeah. came, you got to hold us on. Yes, we do. Okay, that's it. It's over. I give up. You win. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. It, it was, was nothing. almost too easy. Yeah, so you were surprised. Yeah. I was th- like, how, like, you know, I figured someone like her would have a lawyer like, um, you know, Money Chandler, mm-hmm. you know, somebody, cool. somebody higher up that gets them out. Yep. So even her smart aleck answers and even her lawyer couldn't get her out of being taken in and she's shackled to another prisoner. It's just this pitiful, you know, looking situation. But one other thing that we should note is that Vega did still reach out to her and give her her card. So she has Vega's card with her if she decides she's going to talk. But as we've said before, Alvarez is not talking. Gladys Rodriguez is not talking. They're all seem to be scared of La M.A. and they're not offering up any information. Let's shift gears a little bit. Mike, why don't you talk about what we have with Victor Franzen in this episode? Yeah, so Money Chandler brings him to the safe house or a safe house that's, um, I believe, in her name, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this guy, it's like you can just sense the arrogance. You know, he's walking around the place. <laughs> you can tell he's you know, not happy with it. Just, you know, disdain on his face side. But this is why he has to be there to be out mm-hmm. of sight, out of mind, you know? Yeah. And they're walking around, you know, he's still, you know, 
uh, Chandler's closing all the drapes in the windows so that people mm-hmm. can't see in. And she basically tells him, you know, I need your cell phone. If you need anything, there's food in the kitchen. You mm-hmm. need anything at all. You call me, contact me, and we'll make sure that you get it. Don't call anyone. Don't email anyone. Don't text anyone. You know, no contact with anyone. No deliveries. No deliveries, no Grubhub, nothing. (laughs) So basically, you need anything, you go through me and my office and we'll make sure you have it. (laughs) And hand over your phone. And how cooperative was was he with that? He was very reluctant to let go of that phone. (laughs) Or what was the line she used? Chandler used the line, like, I'm I'm, uh, delivering you from temptation. No. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And he's like, don't you trust me? And when he did hand the phone over, she's like, now I do, you know. Yep. <laughs> but uh, well, carry on with his story. How 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 well did he do with with those orders? Yeah, he didn't do it very well at all. Because uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to jump ahead here, but yes, Go he ahead. does wind up uh, having his girlfriend come over. For yeah, his yeah. His wife, yeah, not his wife. <laughs> has his girlfriend come on over. So yeah, right. yeah, not not too smart on his part yeah. at all whatsoever. <laughs> it didn't take him very long to call someone other than Chandler on the phone that she gave mm-hmm. him so yeah he's he's not scoring points with me for sure yeah not a not a fan favorite but at least he's still more likable than captain cooper i have to say so <laughs> all right so the chief and the mayor they're butting heads again they have this sort of frosty conversation but it's like civil but not real friendly and the mayor is pledging her support to the chief with, you know, the people want to get closure on this case, the arson case. So she's saying that she's she's going to be supportive. And then when he leaves, she just casually brings up that, oh, I, I see you had a lunch with Francis Alexander. And he's like, yeah, you know, we've been friends for some time. And she mentions that Alexander is having to step down. And the chief just acts like, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Oh, how about that? You know, like he knows nothing about it. So they're not, they're, they're holding their cards very close to their vest with each other. They're, they're not revealing much at all. But then when he goes back to his office, Irv receives a, t- a text from June to look at the news. And what do you know? Lopez is holding a press conference and she's making demands of Chief Irving, not, not being, not sounding supportive. She's like pointing her finger, like she's staring at him through the screen saying he quote, must do better quote, time for change. So she didn't really stick with her agreement uh, to be supportive. The chief is is not happy about that. He's worried about his spot, his second term. So we see him reaching out to an old colleague, someone named Sergeant Cletus Brown. Chief Irving has a special assignment for him. What, what would you think, Pete, if the chief offered you a special assignment? <laughs> what, would, what kind oh. of thing would you think it is? Oh, you mean like when I get a phone call from Jay and he's like, hey, I, I got a special assignment for you. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, let me guess. This is 90 percent bull. <laughs> you know, but no, you know, seriously. Um, yeah. He, and he responds in a way. Also, Brown, he responds yeah. in a way which I feel like, you know, this is because we know Irvin has a past. Yeah. So obviously this guy's from Irvin's past, you know, right. so they, they did a lot of dirt in the past that we haven't even been clarified on in the show. All of it. So I'm assuming this was one of his like buddies that was involved in something really good at what they do. You know, one mm-hmm. of his, you know, ride or die, you know, yeah. you know brothers, brothers in arms in the, in the in the force, you know, coming up mm-hmm. together. And I think the way the guy responded, kind of sarcastic, but like, like, you know, I'm going to do you the favor, but right. I'm going to bust your chops about it. Yeah. Shows you that it's somebody close and somebody who he can trust. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, like you say, he, he there's been things in his past that have come up. We know he has a lot of connections, you know, 
he's gotten to that point in his career. Certainly he has a lot of connections with people. So he's reaching out, offering a special assignment. And then we find out what that is. He has him filling in as the mayor's driver. Like he makes, they make a change on the, on the roster and Brown is filling in as her driver. So yeah, we just have to wonder at that point is Irv, you know, trying to put a spy on, on the mayor. So It's interesting. It's a lot of back and forth with them, you know, almost like a a chess game. So we will see. All right. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Billet. She confides in in Mank. She tells him about the slur that was, you know, graffitied onto her car. And, you know, he's supportive. He agrees it's probably a cop's work based, you know, we talked about the uh, capital letters and the white shoe polish and, you know, being Mank, the supportive guy that he is, he goes, I'll look into this, you know, I'll, I'll keep it on the down low. And she surprises him. She's like, oh no, I've already reported it. And he gets a little nervous. It, it shakes him, you know? He's, and I think it's, it, he gives the line with like a pillowcase full of snakes or something. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. So at, he's, he's surprised and I think he's, he's nervous for her, but she sounds pretty confident about it, but it's not what he was expecting. Well, she goes back to her office and she's not expecting Lieutenant Thorne in my side to be there. That's my name for him now. Lieutenant Thorne nice. in my side. I like I think that. that works. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting for her. And first of all, why does he just let himself into her office? That seems rude, but I don't know. Maybe that's how it works. But he's he immediately assumes that she is filing the complaint against one of his officers. But she never mentioned or said it was one of his officers. So what do you, what do you think there? Does he, does he believe it's one of his officers and he's just making that assumption or does he just assume that she's always out for him? Do you think he, he knows, do you think he has some knowledge that it could be guys in under his patrol group or is he just always I, assume I, that Phillips is after him? I feel him? it could be like that. I feel like he's just trying to protect his officers. Mm-hmm. What about you, Pete? <laughs> um, so we call that in the in the world of sleazy a feeler, a feeler out. Yeah, he's throwing yeah. that out there to feel her out to see her reaction. Yeah. She's like, "I know it was your guys. I'm going after you, taking your department down." Then he knows he's in trouble. So if she's like, "Oh no, I know it's it's not your department. It's so and so's department. Don't worry about it." Then he's off the hook. Yeah. So he probably doesn't know what's going on and says, "You know what? Let me go out there and feel get a feeler and see mm-hmm. where she's at, and then form a defense based on that." Yes, that's good. I I can see that too. And in their conversation, she she has uses the phrase, let's just let IA do their thing. Mm-hmm. And who said that before? Captain Cooper. Yeah, yeah. It's a turnabout. <laughs> it's like when 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 she's someone's complaining about her, oh don't worry, just let IA do their thing. But now she's using that phrase and it's it's kind of fun to see in that uh, turnaround. But she is called into Cooper's office and he's complaining, of course, because he always complains about something and he's complaining about not following chain of command. Grace says that's not her. She did not mean it that way. She, that was not her intention. But then he's a weasel again because he tries to express his concern about what happened to her car, but he doesn't say anything about his concern for her personally. Mm-hmm. And she calls him out on that. So, you know, he's just weasel, weasel, weasel. Well, Bill, it's also, you know, she's kind of in this investigative mode. She's has some confidence about filing this 128. She's collecting information. She's not sitting back and waiting to see what happens with this. So she hears from two female officers, officers Hunter and Lloyd. We saw Officer Hunter earlier 
at the La Mayorista search, they tell her that officers Leonard and Norris failed to show up on a call when they were in a really like dangerous situation. And like, and I guess they even said that they would respond, but they did not. And apparently they also took it up the chain, used the chain of command and said something to Lieutenant Thorne about it, but nothing ever happened. So, so that didn't work out so well. So I I think Grace is going to look into that and see if that really happened and use that to her benefit. So we go back to the cottage or Maddie goes to the cottage where Franzen now has his lady friend over and she's dropping off the video because they made a video of his testimony. That was before he went to the cottage. You know, they got, or no, I guess he went and came back and they did the video. Do you want to talk a little well, bit about the video, Mike? Well, wait, before yeah. you do that, let's just point out one thing. I'm sorry to cut you off, Mike. Yes. Um, no problem. She's, Maddie's doing the other guy's job. Miller, yeah. Yeah, we didn't, I don't think we mentioned that in the beginning that she's filling in for right. Miller, who's not there. I guess the I guess Miller is sick. Yeah. Sounds like so. Sounds like Miller's faking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I, I, I don't he, know. Well, because he hit the conversation in episode one where he was asking Maddie if if oh, he had a good time yeah. at the party. Yeah. And he said he wasn't even invited to the party. So I think he's just maybe he's mad and pouting. I think he's something. mad taking some uh, time to himself to reflect, maybe. So to stream like, some more. Yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with streaming. <laughs> That's what I did. Out, I, think. I know. Out, yeah, out. At some so, point, yeah, she takes him to the cottage, and at some point, he's back at the office doing this video. So, Mike, you tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, Money Chandler was going through all the legalese of if he, uh, what's the terminology? Well, a lot of lawyers speak, you know, for like the fine print. If you do this, this is all null and void. You know, mm-hmm. you're no more. Or you will possibly say, serve jail time. You will go to jail unless you follow every specific thing and mm-hmm. and help bring down this big fish. Big fish that he's claiming that he has all the goods for. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the end of the video, uh, Candler asked Maddie if uh, she can, you know, make copies for herself and for Victor as well. And you see Maddie kind of crossing in front of the camera. And the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, please don't do that, you know, because what if this gets in the wrong hands? Now mm-hmm. you're on camera, your face is being shown, you're you're looking right. at Money Chandler and you, you can see your face there. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, you know, the first time I saw that, I'm like, oh, please, no, that's going to come back to bite be, us. Yeah, you know, Come back to bite her in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's the, the fact that, you know, anytime the camera, no pun intended, lingers on you know, something a little bit, you kind of wonder, is, is that meaningful? You know, is that going to come back into the story? So yeah, so she she helped record his testimony, his practice testimony. And then, yeah, Chandler had her make the copies and bring them over to the cottage. And so that he can review it again, she brings a laptop so he can review it again. Um, so some paperwork that he has to sign. So she drops that off at the house. And you know, in perfect friends and mode he doesn't even say thank you he just takes yeah. it from her you know she walks out and it's like oh you're welcome you know he's exactly. just <laughs> so self-absorbed you know but it looks like someone's watching her right when she comes out yep i can't remember does it look like someone's watching her when she goes to the door or just when she I comes think, out uh, i think earlier when you see the girlfriend arriving at the cottage you kind of see the view of the front door through the window of a car Okay. And then when Maddie pull up, I don't think you see that far away view. It's when she's leaving, you see the view from the car and you see a guy's uh, hands kind of gripping the steering wheel of the okay. vehicle. Sitting okay. across the street. Yeah. So yeah, something, something suspicious going on there. 
But that's also a good point, though. I mean, mm-hmm. the car was already there when the girlfriend arrived. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't the girlfriend, him calling his girlfriend to have her over for a stay <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, that brought the guy there. The car was already there, most likely. Right, right. Because like she like car. Ubered in or something. Yep, yeah, Ubered or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that car was already there. Yeah. Interesting. So there was one evening in the episode where Maddie wants to have Antonio over for dinner. Actually, she calls <sighs> Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Bad time? <laughs> Just a bad subject with Pete. I, I was hoping she forgot and left it out of the review. You know, I mean, I'm going to be professional and stuff, but we could just leave. Well, part this is out. dinner with Maddie and dad. But it's just kind of funny. It brings us back to that where Harry was really throwing Jerry under the bus, you know, leaving him mm-hmm. out in front of everybody because he gets that she gets the call from Maddie about that, about the dinner at that time. And, and Harry's just intense. You know, he's mad. And so she's like, oh, I'll talk to you later. He's like, nope, just you called. Tell me what you want, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so she, she says about having Antonio over for dinner and that she'll help carry the conversation. And he's like, I would hope so, or something like that. So they're going to have dinner. So, yep. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the line. I know it's a throwback. I can't remember exactly, but it was take yes for an answer. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maddie, mm-hmm. But I can't remember when it was said before i know it's been said maybe at least once if not mm. a few times but i can't remember i think when ah now don i mean when he was talking to money chandler mm-hmm. when he hired her in season five yeah she was telling him that let them do their work you know so they can they can clear his name you know yep and he was telling money chandler take yes for an answer i'll step back but there are certain things that you can't do that i can do with the badge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what that that was the oh, throwback there. If I good remember, find. very good, very good. So yeah, he comes over for dinner. They have some conversation about just really about bad, sad things at work. You know, he's talking about when they lose kids at the hospital. I I I, I didn't like this whole conversation. I felt like, you know, you're trying to lead a conversation. You know, your dad's in a bad mood. You, you know, you know, your boyfriend works, you know, in a rough situation, you yeah. know, and maybe that's the only thing you had to talk about at the t- point in time that they all could relate to. Yeah. But yeah. but that also leads to um him talking about Sonia. Yeah. Yeah. And and um I feel like how well does Antonio know Bosch? And I I don't mean that's I mean maybe it's sarcastic or maybe it's not because when he asked that question, I was like, he's gonna Bosch is gonna walk out right now in my mind. <laughs> I'm like, he's gonna yeah. walk out and leave this dinner. But he didn't. And he answered the question. So that made me start to think, well, is this like the forty fifth time they're having dinner together? Or is this the fourth time? Right. Because That's a good it's question. The fourth time, and you ask that question to him, mm-hmm. you know, and Bosch gives you that answer. Obviously, he likes you. If it's the forty-fifth yeah. time, and he does it, you know, he really likes you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, he would have yeah, to, to listen to the same question. So again. I'm just, I'm just yeah. curious though, like how many dinners have been had, you know, since we haven't seen it. Right. Well, for him I thought to the feel same comfortable thing. to ask that question, and for yeah. Bosch not to like give him the Bosch answer. I felt like Bosch gave him a genuine answer, like he would give Maddie. Yeah, a very sincere answer. Well, I kind of wondered the same thing about how many times he'd been over because the fact that she called and asked if he could, you know, if, if he'd been over lots yeah. of times, you might not even ask, you know, is that okay? But mm-hmm. maybe she knows her good dad's point. working on a really rough case, and maybe it just wouldn't be a good time for anybody to come over, you know. But I even though so, was... they do seem to get, they do seem to uh, are getting better at that small talk though that yeah. they always are. Yeah, it of. felt a little more 
like genuine and, and a little more relaxed, even though it was a tough subject, you know. I just mm-hmm. thought personally, if they've only like I, I did the same thing you did, Tracy, that they haven't um had a lot of dinners together. So I thought that was a very bold question to ask Bosch. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he okay. doesn't know him well enough yet or something. I don't know, yeah. but I yeah, it was interesting. So yeah, you yeah, you think you would know the answer to that, but it led us into hearing Harry talk more, like you said, about Sonia and and how it, it showed us even more how much this case has affected him. You know, she was just a regular girl. She got good grades. You know, there's just no reason. There's just you can't make any sense of it. Why something this bad should happen to this little girl, you know, and her mom and three other individuals. So later that later that night, we see Harry join Donna at her house. So maybe he's you know, taking the, the nightcap that she offered before, who knows, but they, you know, what do you, what do you think about their relationship? Do you think there's anything real serious going on or do you think they just sort of are comfort to each other? I don't know. A little Any bit thoughts? of both maybe. Okay. Cause I mean, yeah. I know that obviously the books kind of translate to the show and I mean, Harry's gotten attached to maybe two or three characters throughout mm-hmm. the, the uh, you know, 23 novels. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think it's kind of a little bit of both, you know, it's like a comfort for both of them at this time in this, in this stage of their life, you know, mm-hmm. there's probably no future plans, you know, obviously they're probably too old to have kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> probably not going to happen. Like, it's not like it's, uh, you know, t- till death do us part situation. Yeah. But, you know. yeah. I think it kind of surprised all of us just in the first episode when we saw that they were dating, you know, but it, it didn't, I guess it's not just a one-time thing, you know, he is going to, to see her again. So I think they're kind of developing that, that sense of that, that they do have some type of um, relationship, but the next day they there's Sonia and her mom's funeral. And so um, Harry and Jerry are, they're driving on the way there. It seems like every time they're in the car now, Harry's fussing at Jerry and scolding him. Well, every time they're out of the car, Jerry's messing up. So, I mean, (laughs) yeah, like, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I mean, I say this all the time. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, Jerry's just getting more aggravated. And like, you know, I had skipped ahead earlier, but this is like the point in the scene where I'm like, you know, do we do we see a moment where they get into each other's faces? Mm -hmm. Do they take do they take a couple episodes off away from each other? Is this going to be one of those things where it's it's just like he's going to call him out on it? Like, you're not my dad, you know, yeah, is, or, or who you think you're talking to, like, yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, like I could, you know, like, I don't know. They've been up and down a lot. So, yeah, they have. this is this is the sad part. Well, the so, other couple couple of moments that happen in this episode, too, mm-hmm. is the, the beginning of the episode where Jerry's jogging. So you kind of see maybe he's taking a turn, you know, trying to straighten up. Yeah. He's not drinking and smoking in his living room. That's a good point. There's some but effort the other there thing that happened the day before where Bach and him are having this conversation in the car is he shows up to take his kids to the movies and. Mm-hmm. Tanya tells him, well, Benny offered to take him. I didn't know if you're going to show up or not. So it's yeah. like, it was like a slap to the heart for Jerry. So, yeah, you know, now the day after Bosch is kind of riding him a bit, you know, get your crap yeah. together. So that's a really good point. Cause we do see him, you know, trying to exercise, do something healthy for himself. And then, then he runs into more trouble with Latanya and then Harry. And it, 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 it's, he, he is making an effort. Well, touche here for a second. Remember, we're the viewers. We see everything. We do. We see everything. Bosch doesn't see Jerry jogging at 5 o'clock in the morning. So for all he knows, Jerry's up at 5 o'clock in the morning having a drink before work. So Bosch doesn't know no (laughs) better. That's true. You know, he just smells him. Back at the funeral, Collins points out that Pena actually purchased the really fancy flower arrangement. I guess it was like roses and orchids or something. And, you know, that just annoys the heck out of Harry, too. You know, because he just sees this guy 
you know, he believes getting away with this, this horrible crime. And that's almost just like a slap in the face, you know, to him. So he says he's going to rattle Pena's cage and he walks on over. Who wants to talk about that? A um, little so, discussion. So like the bodyguard grabs his gun. When Harry comes up to him, and I'm thinking to myself, like, and in what world is this legal? But I guess maybe he has a a right to carry permit or something like that. Or maybe we don't know if that guy is, you know, has his own military background or and has the right to carry. I don't know. I just thought, like, to myself, like, can't Bosch arrest him right now for that? Isn't that, like, threatening an officer? Or is Bosch not an officer? Is he off duty? Is he on duty? I was so confused. He goes up to Pena. He's like, you know, can I can I ask you a question? He goes, can I stop you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> which Pena yeah. has been very slick with his tongue all throughout. Yep, he has. Which is why, which is why each episode I kind of like him a little bit more. It just sucks <laughs> that he most likely is behind this poor child dying. <laughs> right. So I'm going to have to hate him. But for the moment, since I don't really know what's going to happen yet, you know, <laughs> in this episode, I'm going to go with the fact that he's innocent. OK, just mm-hmm. for fun. And Bosch says, like, you know. I know it was you. You're going to go down or whatever. And then he asked he, if he can sleep at night. How does he sleep at night? Well, yeah. And I mean, those are just, you know, and he he turns around. He I mean, it hits him because he turns around and he says, go F yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It, he gets to him ultimately, but he does have these clever comebacks. You know, can I stop you? I sleep perfectly fine at night. But, you know, Bosch just keeps pushing him. And then, you know, he goes off on him. So, yeah, so I think he accomplished what he wanted to. If he wanted to rattle his cage, like, I think he probably did. Yeah, but he got to be careful. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that whole scene was a, was a mess, Pena, you know, cursing at the officer. And you're doing it during the funeral ceremony, like, you know. I know, that was really disrespectful. There, there's, there's a, there was a lot of things I didn't like about that scene, yeah. to be honest with you, from all ends and all parties. And, like, yeah. and, and Dirty Door Collins was right there in the middle because, you know, he's dirty. I'm telling you. <laughs> so still episode three you're still still with that okay i'm yes. just keeping a tally okay but yeah i was even that was even a little bit much for bosch to go he's to talk during the funeral i that was he could have rattled his cage afterward or something but maybe he just wanted to really catch him off his guard i think there that. was also a camera crew there too so if bosch wanted you know if bosch had uh-huh. done something for the guy brandishing i think you uh-huh. consider that brandishing a weapon uh-huh. You know, you could, I, I think you saw the camera crews around by the casket. So good point. It, it would have been caught on tape and it would be the same thing he was busting or, you know, yelling at Gary for in the episode before, you know, there, there's Facebook and Twitter and social media can't get away yeah. with this crap anymore. Yeah. And that time. has come up several times already in the season. So, yeah, that's, that's a good, good thing to keep. So in Bosch mind. wanted to rattle his cage without making too many waves in the media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck. All right. (laughs) Well, at the end of the episode, it gets uh, pretty shocking. Um, Harry is, well, first we see La Mayorista in prison. She's looking troubled, you know, because when she went into prison, someone whispered to her, you know, that, you know, too much. And Mm -hmm. that kind of that catches her off guard. And so they're making phone calls, I guess, that evening at the prison. And it looks like Gladys is going to try to call Vega, but she doesn't get an answer on the phone. And when, when she's in line, the same woman who, you know, had said, you know, too much, she's staring her down. So she's, her hackles are up. She's feeling very uncomfortable, but you know, she just gets the voicemail. So we're, you know, she's, uh, she's definitely feeling uncomfortable. Well, then we find Harry asleep on the couch, cold train by his side, a phone call wakes him up and you can just see on his face that, you know, he's really surprised by what he's hearing. And we see that she's, been murdered you know she's lying on the floor dead in prison it's pretty gruesome 
visual. And so we're, we're reminded again that, you know, we're thinking about Lyme and they just seem to be getting rid of anybody who has information. She knew too much. If she could have talked or could have made a deal, they don't want that to happen. They eliminated her. So that's, I mean, that's what I think we're led to believe. And the title, Sabes Demasiado, means you know too much. So, I mean, it was a, a pretty shocking ending, but I do think that was the bulk of the episode. We, we Just a few other things. We did see Irv at the hospital holding the little tiny baby. And that Aww. was just really, it was sweet, but it was just like such a visual because he's so big and the, the baby was so small. So it was just like, you know, seeing that tenderness from this really, Big guy. It, it was a progressive scene for Irvin because mm-hmm. I feel like him being allowed to actually hold the baby now. Yeah, yeah. The baby's getting better, mm-hmm. and I think that that's like I, I don't know. I'm I'm not that educated, so I don't know if it's a metaphor or a simile. But like you know, similar to how Irv is about to go, you know, come back. Like the baby wasn't doing too good. Irv wasn't doing too good. Now the oh baby's yeah, he's, better. he's Irv's gaining his momentum and strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like Irv's about to make a big move here. I mean, we see it building, but with the I think that that's a little um, levels. That's the level mm-hmm. of how great this TV show is. Yeah. I can see that and know that them show me that, you know, the baby and Irv's, you know, season are going to be, you know, neck and neck and parallel. And the better okay. the baby gets, the better Irv's going to get as okay. far as, you know, what's going on. I remember, or I don't know if you guys have covered it yet, but I remember when we were doing the uh, episode one tweet and watch party with Michael Conley and a couple other cast members and stuff. Michael Conley had said that the baby was, wasn't re- a real baby. Oh yeah, I did read that. Yeah, a little robotic, robotic one or something. Yeah, but they they, really—they did a good job on that because it looks realistic as ever. So that's some amazing like technology because yes, the the, the breathing up and down of its chest and everything. Well, let's move on into the interrogation room. Who wants to give their question first? Any takers? Go ahead, Pete. Okay, good. Um, at least right from the end of the episode. So, I mean, I was d- during the trailer. Um, we talked about it. We had a whole thing about it. Um, Stringer Bell, the female Stringer Bell, came up. And um, last time I checked the wire, Stringer Bell was like the boss bad guy for at least two or three seasons. Good. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I expected the character to, Gladys, right? Yep. Gladys, yeah. I expected Gladys to have um, a way bigger. Um, part in this I thought she was bigger than Pena and them Mm -hmm. I thought she was working with the big fish directly obviously from the scene with the lawyer to seeing her in prison not looking like she belonged there I mean it was a quick drop for her as kind of as she dropped through a trap door somehow but um, yeah (laughs) you know I mean I'm not sad to see her go she was a criminal you know supposedly Mm -hmm. she was involved in this whole thing and everything Mm -hmm. else but I thought for sure she would have had a longer run did you guys agree that during the trailer the way they built her up that there would be a longer she would be more than you know three episodes in and have more screen Mm -hmm. time I mean absolutely I I, I actually emailed you guys before knowing I was going to jump on the podcast here Trace you don't have to read the email now because I'll just cover it (laughs) because we're talking about it Since Pete brought it up, why not? <laughs> you know, I thought it would be like a Veronica Allen where she'd have a full, you know, season run, conniving, yeah. manipulating things behind the scenes, you know, even maybe c- cover what you were talking about, Pete, that Collins is the bad guy and he is their insider, even though how much Tracy thinks how much he's handsome, you know. But you know, I, I thought it would be like a Veronica Allen situation. So okay. here get killed off after in the, at the end of the third episode. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, the trailer was pumping her up as this sure. baddie, you know, this bad person, bad character, evil. 
praise right. the system any every angle you know so i'm like i'm waiting for that and then oh never mind <laughs> she, she's gone she's gone she's gone next well I, for me based on the solely on the trailer yeah i would have to agree that you know it seemed like she would have a, a bigger role and um the fact that I thought she was very effective in her role, the actress, you know, she, she, she was, I mean, she was even what you might say diminutive, you know, she was kind of small, but she gave off these really powerful mm -hmm. vibes and uh, she was, she was scary, but then to see the, see her, see her being scared in, in prison, that was, that was very effective too. Cause she went from this really confident villain type person to, to being fearful Herself. That was a great. That was a great turnaround from the interview room to being in prison. Yeah, she like yeah. the total one eighty. But I, I mean, I thought that Vanessa Bourne. I thought she did a great job in that, and I could see. So with the trailer, I thought it would have been longer, and then even without the trailer, she was very effective. So why not? You know, I could have seen her going through the through the whole season or more of it as well. But to have about half of the episodes to base the trailer on that they only have that many ready and to to pull clips from and things. So that explains, you know, I guess why we saw so much of her, but I, I don't, you know, necessarily think it was intentional, but I do think that, I mean, I would certainly think that shows would try to throw you off the scent, you know, oh, yeah. with a trailer, you know, and the way they put things together, you know, editing and this scene to this scene when they really don't go together and so forth. So whether that's what they had, you know, to work with, or if they really wanted to throw us off in that way or some of both it was it was effective because mm -hmm, yeah we all definitely. thought we'd see more of her for longer but that yeah that did explain for me one at least one reason why we we did see so much of her in the trailer because she was heavier and only in these first you want, few you want to know the second reason why they did that i'll tell you the second reason why okay they because they built her up as this big bad guy of the season this is going to be the main criminal the mastermind is going to be string mm -hmm. a bell blah 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 guess what there's somebody even bigger and better that we didn't even know about that. Now we need to find out who did this and who's the real bad guy. So mm -hmm. they, they, they did that. There's a reason why somebody got three episodes of screen time to be hyped up, to just mm -hmm. be knocked out so quick, like a bowling mm -hmm. pin. There, there's a way bigger fish to fry out there. And I wonder who it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, at least you didn't go the Collins route there. I was afraid you were going to go that way again. So. <laughs> Thank you for sparing it's me. It's probably the Matt. unsaid thing that he's doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead with my question. And I, I, it's not really meant to be funny. I just sometimes I like to think about the way Harry thinks and operates. I mean, he falls asleep on the couch a lot, especially in the last several seasons. I feel like I've noticed it more. And I'm just wondering what you guys think. How does he end up doing that so much? Is it because that's like his little safe place with Coltrane there and his music? And he just, that's when he can finally like relax a little bit. He ends up falling asleep on the couch and doesn't make it to the bedroom. Or I know we've seen him looking through files before. Does he just get so immersed in a case or thinking about a case or, or reading material and then just crashes on the couch? I'll take a stab. Go for it. So I think he doesn't have social media like that. I think he doesn't watch TV like that. He doesn't watch The Walking Dead. He doesn't watch, he doesn't binge The Wire, obviously. Because <laughs> um, he didn't seem to know much about String of Bell. So I feel like maybe his living room has the best, the best view of the city. Mm -hmm, okay. He lays there and looks at the city and thinks about mm -hmm. stuff and maybe looks at his files. But that's where like nobody wants to like get tired and have to get up and walk somewhere to fall asleep. You know, like right. we don't know if he wakes up and goes into his bedroom after he yeah. falls out. So I just feel like that has the best view of the of the city. Mm -hmm. 
and that's like you know it could be his comfort zone but mm-hmm. i feel like it's the view 100 percent. okay that works and my th- my thinking in on that that is uh like you were saying that coltrane's there he's kind of like the uh calming factor i mean coltrane mm-hmm. probably hop into bosch's bed too so i i don't want to say this because i don't want to insult anybody but bosch <laughs> is getting older you know, so mm-hmm, maybe sure. it's that old guy syndrome kind of kicking in a little bit. But at the same time, he's also mentally exhausted. You see that mm-hmm. in season six where he's chasing the cesium, chasing mm-hmm. uh, whoever killed Daisy Clayton. You know, you could see it almost in every episode where he's driving and you can just see him rubbing his mm-hmm. eyes. And he's, mm-hmm. he's just mentally drained and exhausted. So I, I don't remember if you saw files on his on the table when he was asleep at the end of the episode. But, you know, if, even if there was, you know, he's just kind of mentally trying to run it through his head, you know, who, who had access to the vehicles, who had access to this, that, and the other thing. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, he's listening to jazz and just falls yep. asleep. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, I think we all kind of agree a little bit that it does seem like he's, he's built that little area as with things that he loves. You know, the jazz, the dog is there now, the view. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes he is, he's so busy, he's you know just so driven about these cases but when he can occasionally come home and just get in that space maybe he relaxes just enough to that he's out you know because he's been so busy i just thought it was something interesting to think about and you know not nothing nothing too serious but uh what about you mike do you have a question for us well yeah i think i have a question because you touched on it a little bit with lopez's press conference that she had where she was calling out Irvin. you could see her staring at the camera And the one question I kind of had when I saw that the first time was, should I be insulted that she's saying that the little tamale girl is her daughter and she's everybody's daughter and stuff Uh like that. And it's like, no, they, she had a parent, she had a dad, you know, Uh she had parents, you know, I think that Lopez is trying to capitalize on this and trying Uh to really make the city turn on Chief Irving. Yeah. So what were you guys' thoughts? Same thing, you know, that she's trying to make the, or uh, play people's heartstrings to, turn on Keith Irving as well? Well, at first, I really, this is embarrassing, but at first I really thought this was a big, just crazy storyline that maybe she was her daughter. I was like, what the heck? I mean, for a brief (laughs) second, I believed her. I'm like, what? Wait, what? What is happening here? But then, you know, she's like, she's everybody's daughter. And I I think, I do feel like just from what we've seen so far, I, I would agree with you, Mike, that it seemed a little manipulative, a little bit of exploiting the little girl, you know, and, and her situation to, to get people on her side, to be able to point the finger. Um, I think that's, I think that's a fair assumption. What about you, Pete? Well, I think that in the beginning of the episode, when they're having the conversation, well, not the beginning, the middle, when the mayor and Irvin are having the conversation, Mm -hmm. the things that she said, what I picked up from that was she was saying, you know, you have a little bit of evidence, you know, don't drag out the investigation, book whoever you think you got. Let's announce this and let's just go forward with this. You know, this mm-hmm. is what I want. Right. Now, Irv either has to, you know, poop or get off the pot. So mm-hmm. he's got to make a decision now. Do I, you know, it, it's not necessarily she's not telling him to, in my mind, she's not telling him I don't I want a good, proper investigation with the right person in cuffs. She's mm-hmm. saying I want anybody in cuffs to display mm-hmm. You know, so the city, you know, sees that I'm doing a good job and gives me approval. And Mm -hmm. if not, then, you know, there's going to be a problem. And then I also feel like she threw one of those what we call feelers out when she mentioned the other guy he met with and realized that she knew Mm -hmm. he met with him. She knows what was said. And Mm -hmm. he said, you know, he didn't mention it. And she's like, okay, he's still keeping me out of of arm's distance, which means anything I said he didn't hear. So now I'm going to I'm going to call a press conference and I'm going to blast him in public Mm -hmm. because I want to get rid of him anyway. Yeah. So. 
I feel like that was all just uh, calculated. Shot, yeah, at Ervin, mm-hmm. um, using you know, I'll I'll get the people on my side and I'll blast Ervin in the meantime, which will help me, you know, set up my chess pieces for later i do think though that you know it shows us how um she doesn't think things through and she's not very calculative herself in some in some aspects because she didn't think like you know like mike said you know you called her the little tamale girl she has Mm -hmm. a name Mm -hmm. and and then you said she's your like the daughter part i could understand you know we all feel the loss of a child in the community we're all family i Mm -hmm. get that closeness she's trying to portray but you 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 used her code nickname. I know <laughs> the yeah. poor girl's nickname on national television. And mm-hmm. I get that's how you identify everybody. But you know what? You could have been out there and said, you know, Sonia, the one you called the little tomorrow right. girl, whose right. name is Sonia, mm-hmm. is my daughter and everybody's daughter. You know, like mm-hmm. no, I think we all kind cause. of agree. It's more of a cause for yeah. the mayor than it is an actual investigation for Sonia. Right, and is that how you took it, Mike? It was your question or. Are we yeah, thinking that, the same? I kind of felt like, I'll, or like if I were a member of the community there in that in that situation, I probably would have been insulted by saying, you know, you don't use a real name. Mm-hmm. You know, you're calling her a little tamale girl. That's a nickname that the press gave her. You know, it's like you get get some uh, get some realism into your heart a little bit. You know, I would have been mm-hmm. insulted for the victims, obviously. So, mm-hmm. but we all have big hearts. So that <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Those are good good questions. All right, well, let's move on into our persons of interest. We can each share one character that we thought was pivotal, maybe, in this episode, or just something that really struck you about them in this episode, something, you know, whatever reason you have. Who do you want to talk about for the episode? Um, I'll, I'll jump in first because okay. it translates from what we just spoke about. Um, mm-hmm. I have the mayor at okay. this point. Me has my own investigative person watching this episode, this episode in this show, you know, three episodes in going to episode four. I feel like, you know, they just killed Gladys. So she's mm-hmm. gone. Somebody bigger mm-hmm. is out there. You mm-hmm. know, she's trying to replace Herb with somebody who will listen, which could be a very corrupted person. So, you know, my eyes are, and I've, I've said this, you know, in the previous podcast um, with you, Tracy, mm-hmm. my my eyes are all over the corrupt mayor or the mayor being corrupt. I'm not saying yeah. she is. But my You're eyes very are suspicious. all suspicious. Yeah. yeah. And and the fact that this all happens and she's getting more screen time, you know, they take out the, you know, the um, La Maestra and they bring up, you know, the mayor out of nowhere. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like there's so I'm not saying they, you know, maybe maybe she worked for the mayor indirectly mm-hmm. or directly. And I just feel like the mayor is 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 going to be bad news going forward. I mean, right or wrong. That's my prediction. OK, OK. No, that's interesting, interesting theory. Well, I'll jump in if that's okay. I'm going to go with Gladys. I mean, obviously it was a, a big event that she is gone. You know, we I didn't see that coming. Maybe in hindsight, I should have. But I think just the fact, just seeing someone in the episode up here with all these this confidence, you know, and then just her journey down the episode, you know, less confidence and then she's dead. You know, it was just such a, striking path for one episode i mean we saw her being boss you know in episode one and two and she's still boss up here you know in episode three but then within one episode boom down down and she's gone you know so i just i just thought that was some interesting storytelling to to see all that happen so fast i mean we 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 talked about that a little bit earlier too and i i think it was clever you know because we we didn't expect that either from the trailer or the way she Mm -hmm. uh, performed her role you know we all thought she was going to be, uh, you know, around longer and have more of an effect on the story, but she's out. 
she's out. So I just, I'll give it to Gladys, la mayorista. All right, Mike, you're up. I'm going to go with Chief Irving because you, that might be too easy because, you know, why not? Hey, that's anyway, what Jay always but, says. Oh, really? Too easy? You're doing great. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, says, but this is the easy uh, answer. You, you see him kind of setting the chess table, so to speak. You know, it's like uh -huh. he's putting pieces into motion. He's he's getting this guy to, to, to drive around the mayor. You know, so he's getting pieces in place, trying to figure out, because uh, he had a meeting with, uh, what was these, uh, the guy who has cancer? Francis was, Alexander. Yeah. Alexander, thank you. <laughs> you know, you see, I mean, see, but you see more of the human side of him too, when he does go to the NICU and he's holding on to his little baby and, you mm -hmm. know, you see, you see, mm -hmm. see the human side of him, but you also see the chief, you know, he's, he's putting chess pieces on the board, he's making his moves, he's you know, setting things up for down the road, obviously. So yeah, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. Irons in the fire too. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Good, good one. Good one. I like that. All right. Well, for our evidence locker, did we learn anything new this episode. I mean, we still I'm have Alvarez. Let us die. So the writer. Yeah, we're, we're not like... getting any, any <laughs> intel or evidence or confessions or deals from her. Um, so yeah, she's, she's out, but yeah, Alvarez still wouldn't talk. We haven't seen Trejo's, uh, Manuel Trejo. He's locked up too, I believe, but we, you know, we haven't heard anything from him. At least we have a video, a video of Victor Franzen's, you know, testimony. At least there's a video out there now in the evidence locker for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we, we felt like we saw someone watching the house yeah. where he was staying. So, I mean, that's, it doesn't, we don't have any, you know evidence but it, it, it makes us wonder you know what's Listen, going on people there. we've watched Bosch for seven seasons we know that there's somebody in that car watching it they've done this before okay we're telling yeah. you as experts <laughs> on by now that there's something somebody in a car right that's all just take something's our up something's and up there's no yeah. radio playing so he's not just sitting there chilling listening to the radio yeah he's yeah. not an uber yeah. driver waiting for his next call people all right <laughs> this is serious he's been there for two pat two people coming into the house yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so he's been he's been there a while billets i mean she's getting for her if you want to call her personal case you know she's getting a little more information about leonard and norris she heard from those other two officers oh. that they failed her failed them as well so she's getting um she's looking into that and She's taking charge of that. I think that's about it. I mean, let us know if we forgot something obvious. Sometimes we get so much into the details, we forget the, you know, can't see the yeah. forest for the trees. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, okay. All right. Well, with our tip line, you actually had some cool stuff to share, Mike, from last week, and we didn't quite get it in time. So I'm going to pull that up. Yeah, I was, a, I was a slow typer last week. Uh, well, we didn't give much notice. So yeah, Tracy's like, we're going to give them 20 minutes and see who really cares about us. <laughs> <laughs> no one. <laughs> all right, let me see. Oh, you got nothing last week? No tips at all? Yours. We got yours after the fact. After the fact, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we ran it late. We ran it late. It was it was a it was a, a botch, not a bosh. All, all right. right. Okay, you, you had some stuff for one and two to share, which was cool. Now, I did not know this. I had not noticed this. I did not see um, in the tweeting about this, but this is interesting, Pete. Uh, when in episode one, um, it says, just before Bosch tries the locked fire door, you can see handprints on the door from Sonia Hernandez trying to get out. After seeing that, it just makes my heart sink even deeper from a detail like that in the scene. And I went back and watched it. You know, obviously I believed you, but I, I wanted to see it. And there they are. Did you notice that, Pete? 
Um, I did notice it, but I did not think it was her hands right away because, okay. like, you know, it's the first episode. Yeah, you're just watching everything together. as if like, what the hell is happening right now? You know, you just kind of yeah. getting thrown into it. So I personally didn't know if that was, you know, her hands or somebody else's hands, and she ended up there. Like, we didn't know much information. Now, reflecting back on it, yeah, you know, you do the rewatch. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, it's it's visible and it's it's pretty. It's it's they put it there for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it, just that attention to detail it, uh, yeah. is, is really, really good. All right. And then you had some thoughts on episode two, which we did talk about last podcast. You say, what an incredible ep- written episode, episode written by Osoque, um, the scenes with Jerry still going deeper into the abyss at the strip club when he has a dedicated girlfriend who's also a top-notch detective. What is he thinking? That's a good question. Joan Bennett, she's amazing. Plus the aggressive way he takes down Trejo in the trailer. It looked like he was being attacked with something, but there was no threat at all. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But you're right. There really wasn't a threat. And he just, I think you, I think he was, I think he had a wallet in his hand, not because in the trailer, it looks like it's a bat or or some kind of club or something like that. Yeah. It kind of tricks you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he just was all that anger. He needs to get his head right, but what will it take? And then you said, one of your favorite scenes was the way all the squads rolled up onto the Alvarez house and the cops exit the vehicles. Incredible. Yep. That was. Whenever they all come at once like that, it's, it's a pretty powerful scene when, when they were coming to uh, pick those That's what I like about the, about the show. I mean, the production, uh-huh. the production itself, you know, like uh, a lot of people's favorite scene is when all the squads roll up to Edgar's house. After oh, yeah. Camp. I know. You know. Everybody loves the way it was done. You know, it's uh-huh. like quick precise and and i've talked to other i mean i've read other officers you know comments on either bosch pit or twitter where it's like Mm -hmm. that is 100 pretty much accurate i mean they had the bulletproof vests and the squads Mm -hmm. you know blocking out the driver and that side of the the side of the cars so i mean that's what i love about the show is the realism with you know Mm -hmm. squads rolling up and you saw it twice in the episode or Oh, you saw it again in episode three when Bosch's car rolls up and a squad roll up to Gladys Rodriguez and pin the car that she was about to get into. Yeah, yeah. They cut her off. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were prepared. Interesting. So that brings us to trivia. So we usually have trivia with Officer Pete, but we have Bosch trivia guy here. So we should get some trivia from him too. And since both of you guys are going to give some trivia, I think I want to give a trivia question too. So um, let's do three. Now, you know, mine's going to be easy because I'm not as talented as either of you when it comes to trivia. But okay, again, super easy. What color was La Mayorista's outfit when they picked her up and brought her into the station? Wasn't it a pink jacket, pink, uh, like jacket, white blouse and black pants? Okay. You're saying pink, white and black. What about you, Pete? Um, I believe it was all the same color, either pink or peach, depending on how colorblind oh, peach, you are. Yeah. Uh, that's a, okay. I thought it was, I'd call it pink. I think the pink, the pants and the jacket were, were both the same color. So I call oh, it yeah. pink, Pete, same, uh, you were thinking the same thing, but you think it might be sort of. Like I was peach, curious. But... I was like, is that a pink or a peach? Or, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of, there's a, these days with fashion, there's all colors in between, but by <laughs> default, since we all think it's pink, I think we have to go with pink. We're going to go with pink. Yeah. I think she was wearing a white blouse, but yeah, pink jacket and pink pants. I do this all the time. I really should know the answer before I do the question. <laughs> I mean, she was wearing a yellow jumpsuit in prison, right? <laughs> yeah, got that. So, so all right. that wasn't Mike's question. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that right. wasn't mine. All right, Pete, you go next. 
All right, I'll go next as the crafty veteran. Okay, so in episode four, when Bosch beats up Antonio and kicks him out of the house, and Maddie breaks <laughs> up with him and refuses to talk to him forever. Um, Remember, it's supposed to how be many spoiler buttons, free. <laughs> how many buttons does, does Bosch have on his shirt? <laughs> For those of you who do not know, that is a prediction, not a spoiler. Um, right. okay. or, or wish from me. It's not the real trivia question. It's just so funny because predictive I, trivia. Listen, in the spirit of Jay not being here, AGG mm-hmm. must live. Antonio's gotta go. Antonio's <laughs> gotta go. All right. I hate this guy. What was the other guy's name? Tom. Bring back Tom. Um, really, Tom? You prefer Tom over Antonio? Me personally, yes. Jay, no. <laughs> Jay, no. I, I like. They're both fine. Gentlemen, but I I, I like Antonio. Better. Yeah, we know Tracy. You like prefer you that, that Collins too. becomes Maddie's new boyfriend. We know. <laughs> I like how you said that, Tracy. They're both fine, but you know, there's there's more fish in the sea. <laughs> All right. So when Billets opens up the fridge, yeah, um, to find out that her juice has been drank or thrown out or whatever uh-huh. it was inside the fridge, there's a bunch of um items. Ooh, One of the what? items is a uh, triple zero. O'Keys, O'Kos, I couldn't pronounce the name, but it was like some sort of frozen yogurt, I believe, or something along those lines. The question is, how many grams of protein was on the <laughs> was on the label? I'm going to say two grams. I'm going to go with six. Six. So you guys are probably right per can, but it was a box, so it was 15 combined. 15 combined. Huh. Oh, Okay. So 15 grams of protein. Good question, right? It's like so simple, but yet so hard. I thought I you were going to ask about... what kind of tea. I, was, I thought you were going to ask what kind of tea billets had, you know, type of thing. Or what color was the juice that was, was in her bottle? <laughs> I, yeah, I was going there originally, but I like to make people pause and yeah. like pick out scenes. So like if you don't know which one it's going to be and you see there's eight scenes where you have to pause and look at all the little details, you'd be watching that episode for two, three hours. That's my That's goal. Right. Make Tracy and Jay watch episodes for hours. <laughs> no, there you go. I, I well, didn't. I didn't it. notice. I didn't look at pay attention to anything in the fridge. Period. So that I got to sharpen my skills of observation. See, I'm like, right. I'm like Pete when I do the deep dive into my trivia's. I'll pause, you know, scenes uh-huh. like in yeah. season three when Bosch finds the the uh, GPS tracking device that's behind the outlet in Trevor yeah. Dobbs' mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm. I have both the company that made it and the serial number itself written down for future, way future trivia. I haven't even plugged it in yet because I'm like, how mean do I want to be or how many people yeah. do I uh-huh. want to actually uh-huh. try to answer the question? Because I realized the harder the question, the less people, you know, select an answer. Actually make a choice. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So my question is also related to Brown Billets' situation. Uh, when she reports the uh, vandalism to IA and a division, which police station did she report it to? Wilshire. Pete, got an answer? Tracy seemed pretty confident. I'm going to go with Wilshire. <laughs> <laughs> it is West Bureau, which oh, is also where the... Hey, it was a W. <laughs> yep. So West, West Bureau. Bureau. She reported <laughs> to West Bureau and IA when she was talking to Mank just before that uh, snakes good. in a pillowcase conversation with okay. her, Mark, which is what I loved. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I knew it was it was one thing for one, and then yeah, then the one twenty eight. Um, I guess I was stuck on the W. I'm going to use that as my excuse. Well, you you chalk it up as a win because that starts with W two though. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I thought I, I remembered somehow a W. So very good. Those were good questions. All right. Well, I think that wraps 
our episode discussion. We have a really cool interview with Henrik to share with you next. I hope you enjoy that. And we'll be back with episode four next time. <laughs> That's it for us. See y'all next time. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye. Hey, guys. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me, as always. So I think right out of the gate, we need to talk about this season's cameo for Henrik Baston. We saw you there at the end, maybe trying to get your PI license. And so I'm, I'm wondering, is, is the, the, the woman on the other side of the window, is she going to accept seven years producing a popular crime drama as, as law enforcement experience? Is that going to pass? I think she should. I, I think she should. should. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I know a lot about police work and stuff like that. No, but it was just such a fun moment to really planned. I was down there. It was the last scene we were going to shoot before we wrapped it. And then I think it was Trey, our AD, who said, you know, we need someone to just stand behind the line of Titus. And I was like, great. And I did it. So, you know, being, it's almost mind bending that I get to be the last person seen on screen in this 70 year journey. You know, I, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot yeah. of fun. That's pretty epic when you think about it. Yeah. The last one we yep. see. And it's, it's only yep. natural that someone else would be in line as well. So yeah, it looked it looked yeah. really good. So can you tell me anything about the music that was playing in that last scene? Did Titus pick that song? We've, we've heard that he often picks the closing song. Yes. Let me think on how we end it. I think that was as usual, Titus suggestion. Okay. But I think, he, I think it was he and Michael. I'm not actually not sure of mm-hmm. how we ended up with that specific, but it, it's, I love it. Yeah. It's, it's such a perfect piece of music to what I think was a perfect ending. And it was also interesting because when this is released, most people who who has been on the Bosch ride with us for the last seven years knows after the seventh season, there is a new boss show that is a spinoff it's a uniquely right. its own show but has yeah. titus and madison and money and some others so that scene was written before but it was also kind of like perfectly setting up what the new show is about where titus or you or anyone else who at this point when you hear this have seen the season knows that you know he turned in his badge he's fed up with the system more than anything but he wants to continue his journey on getting justice for for the people who cannot uh find it and mm-hmm. uh, so that scene became so just fitting and well and it was not planned like that so and it feels like this entire season and how how weird it was with covid shooting this during a pandemic what we mm-hmm. all you know across the world have gone through together and for us doing this it was it was a weird year that i think yeah where we're all sitting right now it's especially us who is in Los Angeles and we're a couple of days out from starting shooting the new show and this mm-hmm. opens it's it's been very very odd and very rewarding and I think you know as I think most people right now we're ending on a good note like I think this is going from into I think we're going to see the roaring 20s I think people are <laughs> glad to be back yeah, and it's getting yeah. normal and you know yeah so well it was it, the timing has been weird throughout this year Yes, I, I can only imagine. Everyone has their own weird stories for sure, but yeah. I can't imagine in the in the filming world what an adjustment yeah. that was. But yes, that that last scene was 
just perfect. And the music was really awesome because it had that momentum behind it. Like you're ready for the next step. We're ready and waiting. So yeah. I thought it was, a, it was a great choice. So sometimes we like to try to tap into the, the mind of the creators. And I, I'm wondering how long have you all known that the choice would be for Maddie to go to the police academy versus following the, the law path? Is that something that you've had in mind for a while? It's a good question. And I think, let me think what we, I think as soon as we started talking about there being a spinoff, then I think we felt, and this is, so basically, I I think the answer is that about a year we have known this because that's when we started really talking about that the spinoff would look very likely to happen okay i think we all felt that the expected thing would have put her in um you know kind of lawyers or prosecuting or something like that Mm -hmm. but we also had the feel and a need i think to keep telling stories about police officers and we're not going to do that through harry and his work and what we haven't really seen in our show is the young men and women that actually works at patrol cars, like the hard work, yeah. you know, so on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it, I think it was a short discussion. Should Maddie be doing something completely different? She choose, you know, she's in banking or whatever, but no, if Madison is going to be, or Maddie's going to be this big character that we wanted to, she needs to be a cop and then it's a street cop. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things we feel we're most excited about going into this new show because mm-hmm. it, opens up an avenue that we couldn't really because we were not street there was no street cops really except smaller portions sure but here we have the ability and the possibility to showcasing that and you know right i think yeah. that's awesome that's definitely yeah. a lot to be excited about yeah, um so this is kind of a very specific question but it, it's been i've been trying to figure it out in my mind if there was any significance to the name of Irvin june's baby James, I was trying to look back and see, was that the, maybe the name of her brother that was murdered? But I couldn't find anywhere where she said his name. No, no I don't think. And again, just because I don't know it doesn't mean right. that that's the case because we have, you know, yeah. we have all our writers who have their own. It's very rare something comes from just random, like someone, if it doesn't have a meaning for us, it has a meaning for someone else. Okay. In this, in mm-hmm. the that would be sure. my guess. Just very curious about that for some yeah. reason, but because it, it kind of like made me think, well, maybe that's another little Easter egg or, or callback. And so speaking of all the cameos and callbacks, it would have been easy for them to be distracting, but they were not, you know, they were a very natural part of the storytelling. Did you, did you all set up any sort of guidelines or parameters of how you wanted to make sure that all those cameos and wonderful gifts to the, to the fans really like seeing pounds again and you know, all of the different and Dr. Gallagher and stuff. Did you all, you know, purposefully try to see who you could get, get back and try to weave them in? Yeah, absolutely. We, we tried to, you know, without forcing it because the story needs to, you know, take uh, front and center, but we said whenever we have a chance to kind of bring in, especially on the actor side, because we've had the honor and privilege to work with these so good actors that sometimes mm-hmm. we wish we could have written an entire season for mm-hmm. or a spin up for them. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so wherever we could kind of like tie up the yeah. small back, we just gift yeah. that, that small nods, you know, Annie Wershing. And, and it's just, 
that was very much something we talked about. And Eric was a big driving part of that from the beginning. Right? Okay. Let's sprinkle them in where we can. And I think, you know, we knocked off a lot of them. And same thing, we tried to go back to all the iconic places we've been in and yes. kind of like give a goodbye to those. So we started, what really is, we started writing the season seven and planning for that way before we knew it was going to be a spinoff. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was really, really impressive because, you know, it's, it's so, like I said, it's like a gift to the fans and, a, and it's so exciting when you see someone coming back or you recognize a line from before, but not for long, you know, it doesn't take you yeah. out of the story. You stay right back in with the story. So it was just, it was woven in really well. So kudos to everyone that managed, managed that. So now what you've, you've talked a little bit about the spinoff and talking about maybe that focus on uh, patrol officers. What, anything else that you want to tease about that? No, spoilers, yeah, I, of course, just. I, I think it, it is what we've been trying and what we've been discussing with IMDB TV, which is kind mm-hmm. of the uh, ad supported version of Amazon is to, I think anyone who's a fan of Michael Conley's books and then of Michael Conley's TV show with or without knowing the books. The important thing is for us to embrace those people that they should feel that the DNA and the universe they enter into is mm-hmm. a familiar one. And at the same time, we wanna make sure that we invite possibly a new audience that for whatever reason sure. ever caught Bosch on television, you know, and yeah. we of course know that over the pandemic, so many people right. have watched shows that they never thought of so Mm -hmm. but you know making sure that because harry bosch is there madison is there and money chandler is there mimi rogers so we have the familiarity of that but then it's also about making sure that it just is not just an eighth season of bosch because then we should have done an eighth season of bosch it's really important to find a show that stands on its own legs Mm -hmm. Um, which I starting to feel now it's so hard. Like we start shooting it in two days. So you just like, you second guessing everything, but I, I, I feel really good about it. I think the scripts are great. We're finding those perfect moments to this. We should change because this has been kind of comfort food inside of the traditional Bosch series. So yeah, that's that bandaid off and go there. Okay. But, um, you know, I think we'll see a much more mature Addy. You know, it's mm-hmm. also we move ahead in time, not by a lot, a lot, but you know, probably where the show um, picks up is a year and a half, two years after okay. the seventh season ended. Uh, so Madison has grown a bit. Um, Money Chandler through what she went through in the mm-hmm. seventh season of um, of the original Bosch that has affected her. Sure, that'll be interesting to see how, yeah, yeah. how she you know, is affected. The trauma she went through, and you know, everybody, or most people who go through something that life changing, kind of re reevaluate what's important in life. And mm-hmm. I think that's something we'll definitely see in her character. And then, you know, Harry is Harry. I think he's the most stable of all characters. If you look who he was in season one of Bosch to season seven, he's very much the same person. Maybe a li- little less grumpier, but he's still Bosch. <laughs> And I think this is what Michael has done so beautifully in his books is you, from the first book that I think came out in 92 to the last next one that comes out in November this year, it's Mm -hmm. the same guy. It's a very slow 
change or yes. evolution of a character. Yes. That is more by age, just as we all hopefully we mellow a bit with age mm -hmm. and we but there's nothing like he still believes firmly in injustice and who deserves justice and so forth. So right. um I mean I I wish I could say more, but that's no that's gonna, great. It's, yeah, uh, it's gonna. I I think you know if we do our jobs right, which I feel we're on the verge of. That's a lot to to be excited about. Now I'm wondering as you close this chapter on the original series and all the excitement of the new series, is there something about closing the original series that you're going to miss that you you know because you're not going to capture all the same things oh, yeah. you know the new series. So is there something in particular that you kind of is close to your heart about the original that you probably won't experience in the new one? Yeah, I think we discussed this a lot during the last week when we shot the last season. Um, mm -hmm. That at that point we were lucky enough to know that we were going to, you know, get to do something with a lot of the people that were involved. Mm -hmm. But we also realized, which made it bearable, because otherwise, I think right. every day, as we and there is some great behind-the-scene footage. As you know, the last day we had Jamie Hector on set. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, I still get kind of misty-eyed. Sure. Or Lance Reddick, or it's like, we've had work with these guys for seven years. Uh, Jamie and I, our kids are basically born the same weeks over the same span of time. Wow. You know, uh, we were both, especially him, were much younger guys when we started working. It's been almost a decade. I mean, we shot yeah. pilot back in 2013. It, mm -hmm. It's so, so it, yeah, I'm going to miss a lot of, especially the actors. I mean, yes. there's... It's going to be weird to not like, and I was texting with Jamie over the weekend around Father's Day. It's like, usually around this time, I was like, great, see you next week. Mm -hmm. Not. Yeah, right. And Lance is off. He's, you know, doing a big show in South Africa for Netflix. That feels weird seeing him, you know, and I'm so happy for him. Uh, right. But yeah, there's people yeah, I'm going to miss. Certainly, certainly. Well, it, are you looking at maybe a springtime release, you think, or is that too early to even tell? I mean, it's true, I, but I actually think that one of the positive things for IMDb, uh, for the ones that go and see that, that they are, um, they're very aggressive. They love this idea. And so I think I wouldn't be super surprised if this was very early next year uh, mm -hmm. in 22. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I'm just curious too, was there any, any question that Irving would be the one that Harry really butted heads with in this episode when he finally kind of, you know, has had enough, made this decision, you know, Irving was making choices that didn't seem right to Harry. Did it always have to be coming to head head with, with Irving or did you consider anybody else? It's funny you ask because I, Michael and I were driving together. Yeah. Like two weeks ago, we discussed, you know, all of this and, and, and we said, as we could never have done a spinoff where, where Irving would have left and Bosch would have left and they would have united in some endeavor because they okay. were, I think, and this is a very personal interpretation. This is not written in stone, but for mm -hmm. me, I think for Michael and for, for the right, it's like Irving and Bosch have accepted and tolerated each other. And they've also kind of exploited each other when they've needed to for, yeah. you know, this is not on, only on Irving. Bosch can be a bit of an right. asshole himself who's sure. like, exploits it but they were never frenemies like they were never whereas i think that bosch and money as antagonistic they were mm -hmm. they had a different type of respect because i think bosch saw in money someone that was much more like him you do whatever needs to be 
in order to get your client off for money or mm-hmm. for him in order to like get the bad guy. Right. She didn't really have a political agenda. It was all about the client, which is a flipped version of the same ethos that um, Harry Bosch has. Everybody counts or yeah. nobody counts. Yeah. Whereas Irving, especially this, it shows he is by the end of the day, he's a political animal. And that's yeah. where they, by the end of the day, if we had to put it chewed down to the wire. This was the way it needed to go down. That makes a lot of sense because I, I thought about it a lot and I'm like, well, you, you can't have it where everyone ends up happy and gets along. But I, but yeah, that really makes sense on why those two could not. That's, yeah. that's, that's really no, a way, good way to think about it. We, we kind of toyed around with it. Like how close do we get them? And there was, there's been moments when, when Irving's son gets shot in season two, you have that moment of complete, sincerity from Bosch wanting to go to any lengths to catch this and he sympathized with him. So like, it's not that they're enemies, but they are on completely different sides. Why are you doing what you're doing? Right. I think think there's a mutual, or I know there's a mutual Mm -hmm. respect between them and all of that, but yeah, they could never have ended up chummy. Yeah. Yeah. Their priorities are are quite differently when it comes down, down to it. Okay. Well, this is just a fun question to close out. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But we've been asking folks, if budget were not a concern, how would you, Henrik, choose to solve Hollywood Division's terrible coffee problem? (laughs) I would give them, you know what? I like shitty coffee. Yeah, okay. I'm not like people want their fancy espressos and double lat. This is what I drink, like shitty, I call it coffee. (laughs) Like black sheep, they, they shouldn't fix it. They don't have a problem. It's good coffee. They that's just need stuff. to learn to like it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like they're, they're getting too Hollywood. Oh, like I want the triple out of drink black coffee. You need the caffeine. That's my there solution. Go. They're too spoiled. That's the problem. There you they're go. Everyone's had a different take on it. And everyone's had a brilliant answer. And, and I, I, yours is right up. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And we're going to keep up with the podcast going forward with the spinoff because you know, our theme, everybody counts just like Harry, that, that still carries on. That's sure. still, that is the one so. thing that will for sure carry on into the yes. new show. That's why he yeah. does it. Everybody yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah. as always, thank you for your guys. Um, never ending support. We appreciate it. And you to bet. all the listeners and viewers out there. Thank you. Without you thank guys, you. we would be nothing. All right. We'll hope we can talk to you about the spinoff sometime, maybe next year. <laughs> Anytime. Okay. Thanks, Henrik. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye.